Hello, and welcome to the Wounded Under Shepherds podcast. This is Dr. Bill Scott, your host. I'm grateful that you have joined in uh, to listen to the podcast today. This is podcast number 11. Uh, Feel free to go back and uh, listen to some of the earlier podcasts. Uh, And if you're joining for the first time today, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the initial podcast. Today I'm going to be dealing with the topic of weathering the storm, and this can uh, apply whether you are uh, have been terminated uh, or whether you find yourself uh, in some very rough waters uh, in your pastoral ministry at this time. This podcast is dedicated specifically to uh, those uh, men of God who have answered the call of God to preach and proclaim the truth of uh, our God uh, and uh, to be an under-shepherd to the people of God. Uh, My goal uh, is to deal honestly with some of the wounds and challenges that uh, uh, one can face in the pastoral ministry while offering a a word of encouragement at the same time. Again, as I said, if you're listening for the first time today, I uh, highly encourage you to go back and listen to the initial podcast. The scriptural basis of this podcast is always uh, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Uh, There we are told in the word of God uh, that the Lord is faithful and he will not forget uh, those who have served uh, his people. And uh, I encourage you to go read that verse for yourself uh, if you don't already know it by heart. But it is the foundational scripture for this podcast because when you have been a faithful servant of the Lord uh, and you've been wounded, Yet your faithful service to him. And not only will he not forget it, but he will reward you for it. Pastoral ministry indeed is a sacred calling. It's a privilege extended by God himself through the Holy Spirit. Pastoral ministry is also one of the most stressful vocations on this planet. It is important to know that God has called you to pastoral ministry. In fact, it's imperative that you know in your heart of hearts that God has truly called you to this task. Because it's when the trials and storms uh, come, it will keep you going. Because there will definitely be times when you are tempted to just give up, to quit, to throw in the towel, to walk away, whatever uh, terminology uh, you want to use, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Every under-shepherd is unique. Each and one has a distinct personality, distinct personality traits, and a distinct uh, way of doing things. Some pastors uh, are extroverts, that is, they find their energy in crowds. They've, they've got to always be out there among people. They're not trying to be a show-off by no means, uh, but they find their energy in being among large groups of people. Um, it's where they find their energy. 
Some pastors are introverts, and uh, while I don't uh, know if there's ever a survey been done on this issue of There may be more introverts than extroverts, although that's just um, my gut hunch. Um, I used to think that being an introvert was a bad thing, that that was a negative. Actually, it's just how God wired us. And uh, so if you're an extrovert and you find your energy always being on the go and being with big groups of people, there's nothing wrong with that. Or if you're an introvert and you find yourself uh, preferring uh, silence or just ministering or working with one or two or a very small group, uh, there's nothing wrong with persons. So God, who has called us, is fully aware of our personality quirks. He's fully aware of our traits and our personality style. Uh, and yet he calls people from all walks of life with all personality styles. So celebrate who you are. Uh, give God the glory for it and don't see it as a negative as the enemy wants you to. So both personality traits have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. Um, so today I'm not going to get into the pluses and the minuses of each of those personality traits, but just be aware that both have, um, can have problems. Regardless of one's personality traits, at the end of the day, the cult pastoral ministry is of divine origin. God doesn't make mistakes. So, if you're a high-energy person and you've got to always be among people and that's where you find your energy, praise the Lord. If you're an introvert and you'd rather be sitting in a quiet corner somewhere uh, taking in a good book, uh, theology, or some other Christian uh, theme, uh, well, more power to you. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that there's something wrong with you. Okay? I believe uh, every believer can identify with the story that we find of Jesus and his disciples in the boat in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, verses 8, uh, or excuse me, chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And I'm going to read that just for context. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, that means Jesus. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the seas obey him? That is the New King James Version of Matthew eight thirty-two or 23 through 27. In verse 24 in that text, we see that uh, Matthew describes the violent storm that arose, and, and Jesus was down in the boat, uh, and he gone to sleep. Uh, in verse 25, we, we see the terror-stricken disciples. 
they go wake him up and say, Lord, save us, we're perishing. Uh, as pastors, uh, we too may find ourselves in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a storm, if you please. Like the disciples, we too may be filled with fear and dread. Like the disciples, we too may panic. And we may wonder, Lord, where are you? Why is this happening? Why are you allowing this to happen? The disciples, they were experiencing a real crisis. The storm was real. According to Mark and Luke, water was actually beginning to fill the boat. So this only added to their sense of uh, panic and fear. Uh, you know, a boat on the water is a great thing. But a boat with water inside it is not a good thing. So the Mark account actually indicates that Jesus was rebuked uh, by some of the disciples. And in Mark 4.38, the scripture says this, Teacher, do you not care that we are uh, perishing? Uh, that's the New King James Version again. So what do we do when we find ourselves in a real storm? Whether you've been terminated or you're just going through a very difficult time where you're fearful of being terminated or people are just giving you a real hard time and you're not sure if you're going to survive the crisis or not, what do you do? Uh, the quote-unquote deacon board, which uh, isn't biblical. Uh, I'm a Baptist, and that's a terminology that I've heard off and on through my pastoral ministry, uh, is the deacon board. There's no such thing as a deacon board in the Word of God. That's a man-made, contrived thing. Uh, pardon my personal uh, opinion there, but, but it is not biblical. Uh, or the power group. Uh, they just decide it's time for you to go. Uh, and aside from the shock and the disbelief or the frustration or the anger or whatever emotion you may be experiencing, how do we respond? Well, like the disciples, we often cry out to Jesus. Don't you care? Don't you see what's going on here, Lord? You've called me here. I've been faithful to preach your word and to love your people and to, to minister to your people. And, and yet this little handful of people, whether it's deacons or whether it's some other power group in the church, they're, they're doing their best to, to put me out or whatever. Uh, so, so how do we do uh, deal with that? We, Like I said, uh, we, we need to remember that Jesus is still in the boat with us. Knowing that our Lord is sovereign and able to do miracles, uh, we, we may wonder, Lord, why, are, why is this happening? Well, obviously we understand that the enemy is very real and he's always working. It's important to know that pastoral ministry is filled with those who do not walk in the Spirit. Now please understand, I'm not saying that to... Uh, be judgmental or to um, give off an air of spiritual superiority because one is a pastor. We're human too. We're imperfect. We have our flaws and our faults. And we too can be guilty of not walking in the Spirit, even in the pastoral ministry. So when I say this, please hear my heart that I'm not saying it to be... Um, snobbish or judgmental of 
those people in the church who are not walking in the Spirit. I'm just pointing out a reality. Too often, uh, it is so easy for us to walk in the flesh and not in the Spirit. But let's say, Pastor, that you are a man of God, you seek after God's heart, you earnestly desire to bring glory and honor to, to our Lord and to point others to Christ and help strengthen the believers within the body. After all, that's uh, what we're taught in Ephesians. That's what our goal is. I believe it's in Ephesians. Uh, whereas the pastors, our, our goal is to equip the saints. Um, but anyway, what do we do when we find ourselves in the middle of a crisis, uh, especially if it has resulted in forced termination. It's easy uh, for people who are not walking in the Spirit uh, to act in ways that are hurtful. At this point, uh, I do want to acknowledge that, that pastors can contribute, either knowingly or unknowingly, to a forced termination situation. It often boils down to personality uh, or some issue, petty issue, uh, in the church. Pastors who have a dictatorial approach uh, in ministry will find themselves encountering a number of problems. Uh, and so will the pastor who's a dishrag, uh, who allows himself to be a doormat. And uh, uh, I'm afraid I'm, I've been of that uh, uh, order uh, more often than not. But nonetheless, all that aside, as under-shepherds, we must be aware of our own frailties and that we have flaws and faults as well. So, back to the scripture lesson. You find yourself in a massive storm. Folks want you out or have already forced you out. You've cried out to Jesus, but nothing seems to be happening. Now what? I want to offer ten suggestions, and by no means are they uh, comprehensive in nature. Uh, there are probably uh, other things you can think of, and that will come to your mind. Uh, so again, these are ten suggestions, uh, and uh, understanding that they uh, are not comprehensive, but a good starting point. If you find yourself in the middle of a crisis where you've already been forced out of the church, aside from the immediate emotional rocking and reeling that you and your family are experiencing at this point, it is good to get quiet before the Lord. Now, I don't say that flippantly. I understand in the, the area of when one's emotions are in complete upheaval that it is very difficult to think rationally because we are consumed with our emotions. But I offer these uh, with uh, in love. I offer them as suggestions things that I have personally learned myself over the years after having known a number of forced terminations, never because of unethical behavior or uh, moral failure or being unscriptural. But here they are. 
remember that Jesus is with you. <laughs> you say, get real. Yes, seriously, remember that Jesus is with you and your family. Remember God's call. Number two, unless you've committed some sin that disqualifies you biblically from the pastoral ministry, it doesn't matter how hurt you are, it doesn't matter how unjust the actions of others within the church were. You are not disqualified and God's call is still a valid call to you. So do not fall into the enemy's lies that you're no longer qualified to be a pastor. Again, unless you have committed some sin, some sexual immorality, or some other un, uh, immoral act uh, that disqualifies you from being a pastor, God's call is still in force uh, in your life. And God doesn't change His mind, by the way, just because you're going through a terrible storm or crises uh, or something like this has been thrust upon you uh, out of the blue. Number three, remember God's promises. I will never leave or forsake you. In our times of pain and anguish, Again, it is so easy just to be consumed with the emotion that we cannot hear the still small voice of God. I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the very end. Yes, those are God's words. They are eternal and they are true regardless of the storm we find ourselves in. Seek godly counsel from friends and mentors. That's number four. And I hope you have some godly friends. I hope you have some godly mentors that you can uh, consult and go back to. Number five. Network with ministry colleagues or seek out resources from Christian organizations Seek out uh, your director of missions or uh, the state convention or the Southern Baptist Convention if you're a Southern Baptist. If you're not, uh, if you're a different denomination, then your denomination probably has resources as well that you could consult. Number six, be willing to take an honest look at yourself. Are there kernels of truth in some of the criticisms made of you by those who have put you out or want you out? Is there some true kernel of truth in some of the things they are saying? If so, be willing to take an honest look at that. And if not, then dismiss it for what it is. Number seven, humble yourself before the Lord. Invite His Spirit to search your heart. Just as the psalmist David, when he was in his great confession and acknowledgement of his sin with Bathsheba and against her husband, he cried out uh, to God to cleanse him, to give him a new heart. And uh, so, brother, be willing to humble yourself before the Lord, even in the midst of your hurt and your anguish, that are very real, allow the Spirit of God to search your heart and to see if there's anything in your life that uh, 
you need to repent of or come clean with God about and seek His help. Number eight, and this one's a hard one, keep on praying. Yep, that's what I said, keep on praying. The tendency is for us to stop praying because when we are in the midst of great anguish and sorrow, when we're struggling uh, with all of the emotions that come with forced termination, uh, not only are you consumed with thoughts of how am I going to provide for my family now, knowing that you're not going to get called to another church in a quick order. Uh, You're going to have to do whatever you have to do to try to provide the best you can for your family. Yes, it is a time of great upheaval. It is a time of great unrest. Uh, But keep on praying. Remember God is with you. He is not going to forsake you. And yes, we have many questions Those are honest questions, and as I've said in previous uh, podcasts, God is not offended by honest questions. But we have to keep trusting the Lord, even when we don't have the answers. Okay? Number nine. Be proactive. What do I mean by that? Rather than sinking into a mindset of helplessness, which is very easy to do, my friend, be proactive in seeking God's will and direction, and this can go hand in hand with networking with other ministry colleagues, fellow pastors, or director of missions, or someone in your denominational leadership. Uh, There's Christian organizations out there like uh, Focus on the Family and and some other organizations that help pastors uh, as far as uh, perhaps providing some counseling or so forth. You you can search that out for yourself. Um, But be proactive. Don't just sit down and give up. And believe me, uh, that is uh, a great temptation. Maybe not for everyone, but for many. And so if that is your tendency, is just to throw your hands up in despair and say, Woe is me, it's all lost, it's all hopeless. I want to encourage you to be proactive. Don't just sit down and give up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Remember God's grace, number 10. You know, the Apostle Paul, uh, though no one knows for certain what his thorn in the flesh was, and if you read and do research, you're going to come across a multitude of possibilities that uh, commentators suggest or offer. But whatever it was, it brought great stress for the Apostle Paul. And on three occasions we are told that he cried out to God to remove the thorn. But God answered him and said, No. My grace is sufficient for you. What do we glean from that truth? Dear brother, when you're going through the anguish and the heartache of forced termination, it is so easy to feel that God has left you down, God has forsaken you, God is uh, against you, God's punishing you for some sin. As I said earlier, 
Be still before the Lord and invite His searching Holy Spirit. Uh, and if there is something there, be willing to deal with it honestly and truthfully with God. But if there is not, then do not fall into the trap of the enemy that says, well, obviously you must have some sin. You've sinned against God in some way, or this would have never happened to you. That's all a bunch of lies from the pit of hell. So remember God's grace. And while I said there are only ten, I'm going to include under number ten here. Remember to show grace to yourself and to your family. If you are married, you have a wife, you have children, they're impacted too. Your wife is, is wounded uh, because you've been wounded. She loves you. She hurts because she has seen how hurt you have been, which that only adds to her pain is to see her husband, whom she loves, uh, being mistreated and being Uh, they have relationships, friends in the church. Suddenly, uh, in most cases, under forced termination, the pastor's going to have to leave that church. Uh, and so any relationships the children of the pastor had in the church, uh, not only uh, that, but the pastor and his wife as well, uh, all of that's brought to an abrupt end. That's painful. And so remember to be gracious to yourself, to your wife, and to your children. So may I pray for you. Father God, you alone know us. You know our insides. You know our outsides. You know the very thoughts we have before we even have them. Lord, you have created us in your image. And Lord, you don't make any junk. I pray for the brother who's going through a storm. Lord, the brother who may find himself at the point of being forced out of the church that you have placed him in. Lord, he has been faithful to love your people, to preach your word. And yet, Father, he finds nothing but a, a knife, so to speak, in his back or at his throat. Lord, his wife, we pray for her. Lord God, she too, if he's married, she too is experiencing the added trauma of being forced out. Broke had a problem that they were unwilling to deal with in a Christ-honoring who maybe has added fuel to the fire, maybe knowingly, maybe unknowingly. But I pray, Father, that you will just extend your grace and your peace to him. And Lord, may you remind your servants that you are faithful and you will never leave us or forsake us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May God richly bless you and please join me next week uh, as we look at another episode.